It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie you're very welcome to late lunch this wild and windy Friday afternoon. You know, I thought this morning, what's this all about? Because we had a calm night round this neck of the woods into early morning, no problem, school time, the rush hour. And then suddenly it started to blow and she's blowing there now, but hopefully it'll blow through for uh, the afternoon and it'll be better this evening. I hope you're safe and well wherever you are today. Welcome to the show. I'm hearing that the Drogheda United game in Ballybuffet against Finn Harps is off. That's what I'm hearing uh, in the last few moments, but we'll clarify that for you. If you're intending travelling to that match, please do check, but it looks like that game is off this evening and we'll uh, clarify as soon as we have the final word, but that's what we're hearing today. We're also hearing that Neffet has recommended no more masks and the government will consider it on Tuesday next. So, isn't this going to make a big difference, uh, a big, big difference to people uh, with the masks gone in terms of their love lives? Joining me is a very good friend of ours and I'm sure she's delighted to hear this news. She is the matchmaker, Sharon Kenny. Good afternoon. Hello, can you hear me? I have you loud and clear. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm such a untechy person and I've done this so many times. And I just, anyway, here we go, here we go. You're coming through loud and clear. And you know what, there's a pair of us in it because I'm not the wisest when it comes to tech either. But Sharon, I just said there, you may have heard me a few moments ago, it looks like Neffet have recommended masks gone, you know, in social settings, shopping and public transport, etc. Almost all over bar healthcare settings. Um, and, you know, for you in your game, this must be a day you've been waiting for for a long time. Oh, it is absolutely amazing that we're here now. And uh, and it is all about that connection and that connection, which all has to do with a smile. So when you think about it, I remember when the masks came out first and I saw a guy in the shop and he had a mask with a fake smile on. And even that made me smile. But we have been closed down. Our smile is the first introduction to a connection. And we have been closed down through not having that smile and not having that connection. And now we can smile again. Because Sharon, it goes without saying, and I'm sure you've come across this more than most, that sometimes it doesn't have to be in a social setting on a night out. It can be at the supermarket. It can be passing on the street. It can be out for a walk, that that connection and suddenly you're away. Absolutely. It is like just that 
look in the eye and that smile. So we can get that look in the eye and say, do you know, there's something going on there. But without the smile connected with the eyes and that connection, you do not feel that bond growing. So it's been very, very tough for so many people to get that connection. And now that we can look people straight in the eyes, like you even heard um, guys in their 20s and 30s in the news last night, and they were saying, I just, I'm so happy to see things opening up. And they're young people, yeah. like, forget about 50s and 60s. Mm. So you're hidden behind your mask completely. And now for people who are in the kind of 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm. it's like building up that connection again and having that uh, feeling that, do you know what, I can get closer again. Mm. And the next thing is the hug, to get the hug back. Yes. You know, uh, like that physical feel of someone touching you and giving you a genuine hug and seeing that smile and seeing all these connections build up again. I mean, it's it's second to none. We become so, cold creatures, haven't we, with the masks and not being able to hug or touch or get that sense that you're talking about there. It's how, have, yeah. you know, like in, in your uh, line of work this last couple of years, how has the love flame been kept burning what what what's what, what what's happened to get over this or has it been mightily difficult it has been absolutely true absolutely desperate people are not finding that connection and they're feeling rejected and they've turned inwards like even last night on the news they were saying you know how kids in their in their late teens and the idea of a table being pulled up close to them again and how awkward they feel like sitting beside someone in school Mm. like Mm. sharing a homework notebook you know that kind of thing you know how awkward and they feel that that hasn't happened for so long and how lovely it is to even have sharing a book you know if you're talking about that now we're talking about eventually getting back onto the kissing scene you know (gasps) oh (laughs) my god yeah, imagine, imagine that kind of closeness then. Yes. Um, so as a matchmaker, it's funny when people say, you know, what if someone comes on to me a bit too much? What do you think I should do, you know, when it comes to kissing? And my attitude is if you're on a second or third date and you're very concerned about COVID and that situation, what you do is get an antigen test. Mm. Even if you land up um, and, and ask them to, you know, do you mind? I have a mother that's quite older or uh, someone who's in my life that's vulnerable and I would be appreciate if you do the antigen test. If you're on your second and third date, not living together and just wanting to show that bit more respect for someone, I'm not saying you go out on the date and say, here, shove that up your nose to the loo. <laughs> but you might have to do that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just laughing here, picturing that happen. Yeah, it could be all over before it begins. <laughs> yeah, forget about bringing a condom along. Sorry, there's the condom and there's the antigen test. <laughs> oh my God. Jeepers <laughs> almighty, you'll have to bring nearly a medical kit when you're going oh. on, on that date. But look, it's seriously, yeah. it, it, it is to be welcomed. And you you know, I want to say from a personal point of view, I have passed so many people by during the last two years with masks yeah. on and mine. And Sharon, it became so apparent to me, I haven't even said hello to people. And they, some people yeah. recognise you and they shout at you. But isn't it great to feel that that's going to be all behind us now? Oh, it's just so lovely because the feeling of 
being alone and that loneliness mm. and that feeling of not being lovable and lovable is so important to us to, for us to feel a self of importance to feel lovable but if you're not getting that connection you turn into yourself and so many of us people who thought they would never be they could live by themselves the rest of their life are actually turning to me and saying I thought I could be alone the rest of my life and now I realize I'm not going to be able to do that I want to have that person in my life to share my life with people who you thought would you could never imagine with someone else you mm. thought okay they're so strong in themselves have felt that feeling of not being lovable of that feeling of being alone yes. and that is absolutely destroying because we are humans and we're all about connection yeah. 97% of people want that connection want that intimate connection and you know we and whether intimacy is touching or intimacy is hugging or intimacy is kissing it's different to everyone else it might be simply hugging but in a lot of cases it's more mm. and we've been missing it so much so it's i'm delighted it's back oh. and really we have to be we have to be there to be able to give someone a hug yes. like i've a niece I have a niece and she's seven years, or sorry, 10, eight years of age now. And even her mother has been cautious about her hugging people, obviously, over the last two years. And it is about being able to hug those people close to us and and bring that on. Yeah, you know, and, and that, that, that on. is going to open up big time for sure. Now, with, with romance yeah. and love in the air again and us seeing one another and making that facial connection with the smile initially, what's this 21-day dating challenge you have? Because here's the... The opportunity now when the mask rules change to jump right in with Sharon. What is this? <laughs> it's about FODA. There is a thing out there, FODA, fear of dating again. Mm. And it's about getting your, your joy back in your life and your optimism back. And it's about thinking of yourself like a tree and getting your roots right, getting your story right, and then blossoming. So it's how to get out there again, how to learn to flirt again, how to feel like you're the best you that you're bringing to the table. So I'm doing it for free at the moment, and it's on uh, 21 Days Dating Challenge. That's what it's it's about. So it's on thematchmaker.ie. The connection is there, and just link in. And it's about people becoming the best they can be and bounce back into dating little steps one percent a day it's about little steps bouncing back into dating and just getting to love yourself first getting to know your values getting to know what's important to you now after covid because some people have changed their values before you might have said i would have been quite happy going for mountain walks or going out you know uh, fishing as is as in your case jerry but now you might say do you know what i want to do more than that i want to travel now because i haven't traveled for two years that's what i'm finding people saying i want to travel more and because of that they're coming to me and saying you know i need to get my values written up again and get my story told that makes me blossom that brings me to the table so it is about growing in you and becoming the best you and learning how to flirt again learning how to chat up someone again learning how to get out there ah terrific now look before we let you go and get about your business i would just want to yeah. mention that again the 21 day dating challenge on the matchmaker.ie the link is there have you seen you. tinder swindler on netflix 
I did. I did. And do you know what? Sadly, I've actually come across clients in this country from every age group who have come to me after that happening to them. I had a lady who was 63, who was a music teacher, who what that did happen to. And they're pulled in little by little. And what to be aware of, if you're dating online, be aware of those kind of American images, too good to be true. If it is too good to be true, it is too good to be true. <laughs> be aware of that. If they're engineers, if they're on oil rigs, get and talk to them straight away because the whole idea of being an engineer or being on oil rigs are these scam artists and they and they mightn't even be real people like the guy on on uh, Tinder Swindler. Yes. He was actually a real guy. Yeah. But these are people who are paid to be at computers and chat you up and flirt with you and build down your vulnerability and build up this bond with you. They are out there in their hordes and they're taking people for anything from 1,000 to hundreds of thousands. Yes. So just be aware. If anyone is scared or wants to ask me, honestly, Jerry, I'm there. Just give me a ring. Get in and touch. I get in touch with me and I will tell you if you're talking to a swindler I'm, I actually can smell them a mile away mm. and I'll be able to tell you no no problem whether you're talking to a swindler or lovely, not lovely but- lovely lovely you know Sharon Kenny knows the matchmaker.ie don't be taken in lovely to talk to you masks are off you away too. we go take care Sharon and big kisses Jerry many happy returns to you in kisses and love hearts and everything else talk to you soon take care Sharon bye bye that's Sharon Kenny there thematchmaker.ie I have your TV theme competition coming up around about quarter past two on the show today. Nice prize to give away. But it's time for your classic comedy on Friday. And today it's the US sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. Raymond's older brother Robert and his wife Amy are visiting her parents for Thanksgiving. All is going well until a bird slams into the house. Oh, how's the bird? Oh, I took care of it. What do you mean? You know. You killed the bird? I had to put it out of its misery. You mean you actually put it to death? It was very quick. How could you do that? Oh, she's very good at it. You've done this before? Sure, all the time. Well, only when they hit the house. I think if birds keep flying into your house, you got to warn them somehow. Maybe we should um, just cover the house with mattresses so the birds bounce off. <laughs> you making fun of me, Cocoa Puffs? Okay. All right, let's all take a deep breath and try to remember that the bird is in a better place. Birdie heaven, where the seed is free and every bird gets a worm, not just the early ones. She should take you into the kitchen. (laughs) Excuse me, but how do you know the bird couldn't be saved? I mean, you're not a veterinarian. No, but I have lived in the country my whole life. (laughs) Mom grew up on a farm. I bet the chicken slept with one eye open. (laughs) 
It's funny, isn't it, Mother, how the city folk react to this type of thing? That poor bird was innocently flying around. You kill it, you don't even seem to care. It's not that we don't care, Marie. It's just out here there are animals all around us, and sometimes you do what has to be done. Yes, like when a rodent gets into the root cellar, you don't want to bang it with a shovel. <laughs> You got no right to go around bumping off God's creatures willy-nilly. Well, let's remember, Frank, God did say, let man have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. You creepeth me out. Frank, I, I would like to say something to you. It seems to me that you care more about animals than you do about people. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Well, I have never seen you show as much compassion for any human being as you've just shown for that bird. And even the way you treat each other is appalling. Hey, I think I know a couple of fellows who could use a nap. <laughs> Listen, pal. We tell it like it is. Somebody's bothering me, I let them know. And yeah, maybe that's why I like animals. They tell it like it is. Woof, moo, quack. That's straight shooting. So you're like an animal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm honest. You don't love your fellow man. You just pretend to be all nicey nice so you can get a ticket upstairs. Oh. Okay, now it's a holiday. <laughs> a holiday is right. Everybody loves Raymond. Brilliant. City slickers don't understand their country cousins. It holds true everywhere. You're at late lunch on LMFM radio coming up after two. The lunch, the school lunch. Oh, it's a problem, isn't it? Well, we may have the solution, but taking us towards news and weather at two, it's the brilliant Niall Horan. Louise, do you struggle with the school lunches? Struggle's not a word I would use. Uh, I absolutely hate it. I hate making lunch. It's the worst thing. They're on midterm next next week. I can't wait. Just because I can put the lunch boxes away for a few days. (laughs) Honestly, if, if I won the lottery, Jerry, in the morning, you wouldn't get a postcard from me from... Dublin Airport you'd, you'd, <laughs> I'd be hiring somebody to make the kids lunches And is it because it, is it uh, you know making them interesting varying mm. them what what's the what's the problem uh, Yeah I think my poor son has probably had ham sandwiches every day for 10 years um, my other child won't eat sandwiches mm. um, Yeah it's just trying to get the balance and then some days you think great then they come home there's Bananas that are black in the bottom of their bag. Yes. Strawberries that get thrown out. Mm. You know, you get... Then they might like cheese strings. You think, great, I'm onto a winner here. So you go out and you buy 17 packets of (laughs) cheese strings. And after packet number five, they're sick of them. So the rest of them go out. It's just... 
Well, you know Terrible. something? I think you are reflecting probably the situation in an awful lot of homes across the northeast and across the country. I think what you say will resonate with people today. And if, if you feel the same about the lunches, let us know. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us to the show. The usual number. 086-1800-658. Louise, I think I have the solution for you because joining me on the line so. is <laughs> Jer Killian from The Lunch Bag. Dot .ie Hello Jer. How you doing Jerry? Hi Louise. How you doing? Can you help this woman? Absolutely. Not not all heroes wear capes. Uh, some of us just pack lunches and that is us. That's what we do here in the lunch bag. And um you began when? 2019 was it this whole concept came about? Yeah, 2019. So we 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 started our first school here in the in the Midlands in Athlone in 2019 in my own in a school here, and um, just to see is it something that every parent was struggling with because it was definitely something that we were struggling with. And I suppose you're looking at um, exactly like uh, Louise was saying there. You're you're kind of like ham sandwiches every day, and the kids are are into something and they're all about it. So then you keep buying all of it, and next thing they don't want it, and you're dumping five of a six pack. So we were like, you know the motto of it takes a village to raise a child and we're like if all the village was to come together and collectively feed these children would it create better variety better economics Um, and yes is the answer so we started one school to test it out at the end uh, literally May 2019 Um, and by Easter this year we will be in 500 schools nationwide. What a story this is and 60,000 lunches per week it's a phenomenal uh, good news story and well done to you but Tell me this, in, in terms of the lunches, give me an example, uh, say over five days and, and varying, as you heard Louise, they're trying to vary it and get them to eat it. What typically is in your lunch box? So in the lunch bag, so basically what we have is nine years of lunches for your kids. It'll take them nine years to try out all our different lunches because when you go onto your app, you can either have like a little grab bag or else you can go on and build your own um, sandwiches so from like 12 different selections of breads what kind of spread do you want do you want butter do you want mayonnaise how many different fillings do you want we have everything from smoked salmon and cream cheese to strawberry jam and everything in between um, and then all the different salads you can add and then we have over different 40 different snack options and then we have fruit that we cook fresh ourselves every day into fruit pots so for a Monday you could have you know, you could have a, a, a pasta on a Monday with, say, a, a croissant and, and an orange juice. And on Tuesday, you might want your ham roll with your cheese and whatever else you want to add in with it. You know, you might start going through the week and you might want a chicken salad. So you can have five completely different lunches in a week and it's two euro for a three-piece lunch. My, oh my, two euro? Yeah, so even if you at home were to give your child a ham and cheese sandwich, an apple and a yogurt every day, yeah. it's still going to be cheaper for you to use us and have a different lunch every day that is fresh every day because it all comes in fresh from the bakery and fresh from our suppliers every day. So there's no blue moles kicking off on a Thursday. It's completely fresh every single day. So um, it's just created such a huge world of choice for children and for families. And not only is it saving money, we actually did the math on it. And for one classroom to order from us, even if they order the same thing every day compared to what they make at home, one classroom can save over 1800% of retail packaging in the home because we buy it in at a macro level so it isn't all these individual packs in the home yes. going into the fridge it is literally a village raising a child so 
Yeah, now I'm thinking about, so let me be go back to my school days. God almighty, I really have to cast my mind back years and years for this one. But anyway, um, I'm in the class, let's say a class of 30 children. And first of all, I want to ask you this. Must, can a classroom within a school opt in or do you need a school as a whole to opt in? So the, the school opts in, or oh, that would cause hassle because um, people have different kids. Our average user has three children, two and a half, three kids. So. Yes. Um, uh, the old adage of, of, of 2.4 children is what we have. So basically, um, the school opts in, they want the service in the school, and then the app becomes available to the entire school. And then whatever parent wants to use it, uses it. Whatever kid wants to use it, uses it. And there's no pressure on anyone to take it up or not. Yes. However, what we, what we found is 78% of parents in the school never pick up a butter knife again. They are, they've bought into it and they've realised the saving at home you know, the days of buying your, your loaf and your ham and making them last for the whole week, it's kind of gone. People have moved on from that. And kids nowadays are way more into variety, they're way more in tune with their own health and nutrition, and they want to try different stuff. Um, so generally, the school takes us on. But we give the kids a sample bag of going home, parents log in, and then the kids nearly take over their own nutrition. Great. Um, so it, it, it's it's a win-win all around because so the Correct. school must opt for, so the school agrees, then it's down to within the class of children want it and they make their orders and then you start delivering and there's no pressure on anybody. But I'm sure when they see somebody sitting beside them getting something lovely and different <laughs> every day, then the yeah, peer well, pressure. It, actually, sure, I mean, yeah, and I, I mean, actually, it's a peer pressure to the positive. So like, yes, um, literally last Friday, just for my own sake, if I had to get bored sitting in, in a boardroom, I started ringing parents myself to see, what is actually going on on, on the uh, on the ground, so to speak? And it was just so heartwarming listening to parents. Like we've had parents saying that um, their kids might just eat the same thing every day, and they're worried about their health. But now they've seen kids beside them taste different stuff. Yes, and. Because if a kid comes home and says, I want what Jimmy has, and you're trying to create it at home and you've no idea what it looks like, well, then the kid is turned off by that. Whereas they see what Jimmy likes and they're like, that's what I want, and we can send that exact thing into him the next day. And the thing is, there's no pressure, especially if you're supposed to eating. So let's say you're a kid, you're going around shopping on a Saturday and they want to try something, and it's a six-pack. You buy it for them and they don't like it, and you have to dump the five-pack. Mm. The following week, when your kid wants to try something new, Majority of parents are like, no way, you didn't eat what I bought you last week, you're not getting it. And then they're giving out that their kids are fussy eaters, but they're not. It's just the child needs to trial it and they need to try different stuff safely to know whether they like it or not. And it generally takes 21 goals for someone, you know, taste something and like it. So with us, you can do that in a very affordable way. And if, if your kid doesn't like one of the six back, it doesn't matter. The rest of the classroom, we can distribute it out around. So yes. there's no waste, you know. It's so positive. You're right. It's a peer pressure that's positive and it's opening yep. up children's palates to different right. uh, lunches as well. So being devil's advocate, um, if I was somebody that liked something that you do every day, can I have that as well? If I wanted something that I, I love that and I wanted, Absolutely. you can have no that. No problem whatsoever. And there's a lot of kids that really like that security. And yes. that's another thing we do quite well. Your kid's lunch will come in in a compostable bag. It'll always be in the same place every morning. It'll be refrigerated in one of our little boxes. The label will always be the same. They'll know what's in it. It'll be listed on the outside what's in it. There's pure safety for parents if their kid has an allergy. They know that it's made in a safe space and the child can't order and they're allergic to. So it gives great security and comfort to a child knowing they're going in in the morning and there's a little bit of excitement. Their lunch is there waiting and they're excited to see what's in it. Excited to see the little note that we've written on the outside as to who made their lunch that day. Excited maybe by some of the little toys if they've every 10 orders they might get a little pencil or a little reward in the bag and it creates a really nice atmosphere in school. And we've had so much 
fabulous feedback from schools saying that it's made the school such a more positive place to be and a great buzz around nutrition mm. in schools. And who does the ordering? Is it the parent of the child or the teacher in the class or what? Oh, no, no. So the parents download the, the app. parent. You download yes. the app. So once you, once you know that it's in the school, we let you know that we're in your... I see. That's it. So uh, yeah, once you're in the school, the app is then, the parent downloads the app to the phone and away they go from there. Yes, you choose what classroom you're in. We'll already have a list of the teachers in your school. You add yourself to your classroom and then you can order and that lunch will be sitting in your classroom the next day. My word. And, you know, you can see the way this is taking legs. I know you've just come into Meath and Louth, our area here in the northeast, and I see you have 25 schools in Meath and five in Louth, and you're growing, but you're only in this neck of the woods recently. So that's an encouraging start here, isn't it? Oh, yeah, sure. It's crazy. Like, you know, we, we, we had to slow down nearly before Christmas. We're taking on five schools a day. Yeah. Um, we've gone from, like, we're at 120 staff at the minute, um, taking on three and a half a week. Um, drivers nationwide. Um, and it's just so exciting to see. And it's so exciting, the buzz when the orders come down during the day, to see all the staff excited to see it growing all the time and that it really is taking legs and people are really realising that this is the way of the future, you know, that, yeah. you know, collectively coming together, giving the very best nutrition for your kids, it's a way of collectively helping children to break out of that fussy eating, collectively break parents out of the habit of just buying food for kids to bring it for the walk to school and home again for you to dump it. It's up to a thousand euro we're wasting in food waste in the country every year, you know, um, in each home um, and... You know, those days are gone. People need to start see. You know, people want to see value for money now. Mm. They want to see more bang for their buck. They want to see less packets in the home, and they want to see their kids healthier. And it, it, the lunch bag is what is coming out perfectly for them. Yeah, allergies, things like that. Not you yeah. know that type of stuff. So you cater for that. A hundred percent nut-free facility. None of our suppliers are allowed to have any nuts either. We don't even let the staff bring in a, a chocolate into this facility. So what happens is if your child has an allergy, when you register with the app, it'll ask you. And once they tick off that they have an allergen, the app will automatically, intuitively shut down any menu or anything that they might be allergic to, be it gluten or, you know... Uh, all the weird and wonderful things that there's so many allergens that different children are, are experiencing these days. And then they come down, so they can't order what they're allergic to. And then each child that has an allergen, their lunches are made specifically on mm. an allergen station, completely sanitised between each lunch. Um, so, and that's how we... Yes, and I just, I was looking at your website today, there's full traceability with all the products that you use in your lunch bag as well. It's a really good news story. So for a tenner a week, you're covered. Ten or a week, your kids are covered. And they're eating. You're covered, and you have a few minutes in the morning rather than shouting <laughs> at your kids and stressing is to have your cup of tea and the kids are excited to see what's going on and there's no mouldy stuff at the bottom of your bag that they've been carrying around for a week and hiding from you that they didn't eat. Um, no more lumpy butter sandwiches. No more lumpy butter sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. And just how much you're saving when you're shopping. And actually, not even actually talking to a few people, as I said, I was talking to people last week, was so funny. They're not only saving on their bread and their ham, they're saving on doing going up the aisles of Aldi on a Wednesday evening because they've ran out of bread and they come home with a leaf blower and you know a, a coffee <laughs> machine. So not just direct savings, it's indirect savings. It's indirect as well. As well. Tell tell Jer Louise what you whispered to me a moment ago. What, oh, what did I whisper? Do you do radio stations? Yeah, she said, do you deliver to radio stations? That's, and you know what? I tell you, what we do do, we deliver to teachers as well. We have a speciality oh, uh, there you go. salad menu. So, mm. uh, yeah, They're do. looked after. And you know, John's been on to us to say, my God, that's a great idea. Just a message there, I see. Uh, and you... 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply could really uh, do it for workers lunches for workers well listen one step at a time the schools and the Correct. children have been looked after John but uh, uh, thank you for getting in touch with us anyway if you want to find out more or register your school thelunchbag.ie Correct. That's it, Jerry. That's where all the information is. Jer, you're yeah, great. We'll, we'll actually just, you know, we will be in the area. So basically we go around to schools and we drop in little intro packs for the secretaries and the principals to have a look at. Um, and then we get in touch with schools after they've had a look at our, we, we send them little okay. salads and sandwiches to have a look at it. So we'll be in all the schools in Lowdham in the coming few weeks. Lovely. What happens in the summer when they want lunch? <laughs> <laughs> we actually have had parents asking us, you know, when, when they thought schools were closing down after January, we actually had parents contact us in. is there any way you can send them over to our or whatever. I'll tell you what happens in the, in the summer, Louise, is we put our feet up. <laughs> That's what happens. Well, it, so just, it, job. it would just take uh, Miss Walsh to actually come up with That's that it. question. She wants you That's all it. year round. I'm sick round. of putting lumpy butter in the microwave in the morning. <laughs> Maybe we'll put a bulk ordering option on. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Anyway, Jared, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate Great. it. Thank you so very much for the time. Not Thank at you. all. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's Jared Killian there from thelunchbag.ie. It's a terrific idea. It really is. Uh, it's great. I, I have to say, mm. like, you know. And the amount of choice there to mm, choose it's from. It's unbelievable. It really is. And it, it takes that nightmare away. You're right. Have, have, Cole, how long has he eaten ham sandwiches? Probably about the last, I'd say, 10 years. Oh, poor devil. Poor fella. Chunks of, you know, the bread, the bread, lumps get out of the bread when you're trying to put the butter on it in the morning and tell, the butter is still hard and <laughs> tell Cole that Kelly's kitchen is coming to help him soon <laughs> late lunch LMFM radio we have your competition next do you know your TV themes let's see stay with us time for a competition on Friday and this year it's TV ads and 
programme themes. Have a listen to this one. What show am I talking about that this is the theme from? Yes, do you remember it? I was in short pants, I think, when it came on the TV first. Uh, What is the name of the TV show? That song is the theme from for your prize on late lunch this afternoon. And I'm throwing in uh, Rachel English's new book. I'll be talking to her shortly on the show, The Letter Home. It's fantastic. That's part of the prize if you can identify that theme song. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show now. 086-1800-658. No need to remind you. I can hear it whistling as I sit here in the studio. We're just uh, getting the tail end of the storm coming through the north east here it hasn't been bad in our neck of the woods but sadly we heard on the news there a man has lost his life it's been fierce in the south and southwest but really fierce in the south of england and i think i can call her now i might be taking a liberty here and she can correct me if she wants she's formerly of dundalk but she's been with us a number of times on late lunch our correspondent in the south of the uk sheila bailey's on the line hello sheila hello Jerry. how are you how are you? What has it been like over there? We're seeing ferocious scenes uh, uh, beaming in from over there back to us here. Well, at 11 o'clock this morning, I was out in the garden tidying up and thinking, well, it's a bit blustery, you know, and maybe this is all over-talked. It is the nearest I have known to terrifying in the past two hours. Rain is howling, the wind is, 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 is just... I have never experienced anything like this before. Part of the roof has come off the O2 in London. Oh. The wind has reached 122 miles an hour. Um, the village here, uh, I took the hand out about half eight. I didn't get one other dog walker. I haven't seen a child. It's half term. No kids out on bikes. No kids. Yes. I haven't seen anybody. It is... It is and I live in a 600-year-old house. We have no dog glazing. Everything's old. And believe you me, I have a basket put together of candles, torches, everything you could possibly need. Because if I get through tonight without losing the power, I consider myself very lucky. It is, it is scary. So the worst in your lifetime ever? In terms of, in terms of weather, yeah, definitely. The, the whole house is, and I mean, it, it, these old houses, you know, mm. they do absorb it. But you can actually feel the power of the wind buffeting around the house. It's really bad. I moved to my car because uh, there's a, a huge old tree across the road. Uh, part of it is down, which I went out and cleared. Um, if it comes down, it'll come down in the garden. But if where my car was, it would have taken the car out, so I moved the car. So it, it's just a question of sitting in the for the next 24 hours. It's not good. Well, look, we just wanted to say hello to you and wish you well and keep safe. But we hear what you're saying and we've been watching the pictures and uh, do take care and stay put. Don't budge anywhere until this passes. It is going to pass as the day goes on. But there you are, part of the O2 in London. Roof off it and more damage, I'm sure. Sheila, thank you for taking our call. My pleasure. 
take care now. Bye bye, bye bye. And even actually, uh, the signal affected there. It says a lot to do with the weather on the other side. You're with late lunch on LMFM Radio. Rachel English, she's standing by. She'll be with us shortly on the show. I'm really looking forward to talking to her. Don't you know her well? From Morning Ireland, you do indeed. Anyway, taking us towards our next break this Friday afternoon on the show, we have Emily Sande. And next to me, stay next to me between now and half three on your late lunch. Don't leave us. Stay where you are. Imagine standing up a lovely young woman on Valentine's Day. I have an admission to make, folks. Yes, I did. I did. And I'm going public on LMFM this afternoon. And what's more, Morning Ireland presenter Rachel English too. Rachel, are you there? Are you there? Rachel, where are you? You you were there a moment ago. I'm with you now. Ah, I have you. There you are. Rachel, hello. I I thought I'd give you some of your own (laughs) medicine there, Jerry. (laughs) Well, God almighty, I was just thinking that. I was just thinking, I'll show that fella today when I get the opportunity. (laughs) Oh, Rachel, I'm I'm saying it again. Sorry. Do you know what? I'm going to tell the listeners. I had Rachel booked in for Monday. We went off on a tangent with the Palentine's Day. Forgot all about it. And Rachel, I have something else to tell you. On Monday morning, I was out real early shopping because I wanted a gift for somebody and I bought your book on Monday, Rachel. Would you believe this? I bought your book for my wife and I didn't Oh, even... well, listen, I'll have to forgive you, so... <laughs> didn't even <laughs> you're very good thanks Jerry it's uh, nice to talk yeah well I tell you the penny never even dropped but that's the, that's the old mind getting soft as the years goes on welcome to the show and you know what I was just thinking here thank you this is your sixth novel and I'm sure I'm nearly sure of this when you went with going back the first one I'm sure you were here with me and now it's number six yeah that's right. I know. And it, it only seems like five minutes ago. Mm. And it's not. It's quite a few years ago now. We're talking the best part of 10 years ago. So, yeah. But like I say, it only seems if you asked me, I would have said, oh, that was a year or two back. But it's yes, not. It's flown by the time and five in between. Well, well, well. Do you know what I'm going to say to you as well? Because I have the book sitting beside me here, the copy we got from the publicist. Um I love the cover, Rachel, and I just described it for listeners, an envelope, opened envelope with the sea, in, if you know the open part, the sun emerging at dawn above it, and these birds, are they the wild geese flying? I'm not sure, actually. That's that's. I hadn't thought of them like that, but I suppose they could be. I'm looking at them myself now. It's... Um it, it's funny, I think with most book covers, when you see them first, and if they're not exactly what you've been expecting, there's always a little... Oh, yes. and I, I wasn't because this wasn't what I'd expected it, because it, it's quite it's a very bright cover mm. to begin with. I had that little moment of, oh, but I must say over the past few weeks, I've really grown to love it. I mm. think it's my favourite now. Mm. Oh, it's gorgeous. And, you know, the, that came to my mind because of uh, what's between the covers and this book and the story and the famine and emigration. That's what just it, it prompted me. There may be swans or that, but there'll be geese in my mind, I have to say forever. My God, this is some story. Did you dig deep, you know, in in real life research, you know, to put this book together? Uh, yes and no. I mean, to begin with, I got a little spark of an idea from some facts I just came across really by accident when I was looking for something else. I came across some old public records on the uh, website of the Clare County Library. You know, there'd be, there'd be no book really without the website of the Clare County mm. Library. And they're related to... Um, 
a workhouse, an infamous workhouse in Kilrush in, in County Clare. I'm originally from Clare. Yeah. And I was so struck by them and so transfixed in a way because they were so immensely sad that even though, you know, it, it historical fiction isn't normally what I write. And I, mm. and I should emphasize that, you know, a large part of this book takes part takes place in the present day and some of it in the 1840s and 50s. I, I became so interested in what I found there that, that I really thought, I'm going to have to try and work a story around this because there were such extraordinary happenings in such extraordinary dark times that, that um, yeah, I, I, I decided that that I was going to have to delve into this. And I suppose the other thing as well is that over the past couple of years, I mean, let, let's face it, most of us weren't going anywhere. Mm. And and though I was at home when I was, wasn't working and, um, and I had more time to maybe dig into stuff that, than I would have done otherwise. Well, by God, did you dig deep and come up with a a well of brilliant information that uh, tied these three characters together. Yes, I did mention the famine times. And my God, when you read this, it does bring it back to you. You know how desperate those times were for people. We think we have difficult times today, but nothing like people endured back then. And Joanna Markham, uh, her daughter Bridget and grandchild Nora, these are the people who, you know, lived through those times and that's the connection back then. But today you go with a journalist who's hit rocky ground, Jessie. Yeah, Jessie is is uh, the first. There, there are two characters in the present day and Jessie is the first of them. She She's back home in West Clare. Mm. Um, she had a journalism career in Dublin. She had lots of ambitions, but, but somehow it all foundered on her and then kind of imploded in spectacular fashion. So she's back at home um, in West Clare, kind of licking her wounds and saying, well, you know, I ran out of here when I was 18. I, I don't plan on spending much time here now. So I'll just spend a few weeks here and, and regroup and, and hopefully return to Dublin and try and reclaim my career. What she hadn't uh, counted on was bumping into an old school friend who was doing some research into what happened in the area during the famine. Yeah. And Jessie, who'd always been pretty scornful of, of local history, I think she re- refers at one point to, to local historians as people in brown jumpers and ugly sandals who get <laughs> ridiculously interested in old stones. Um, <laughs> Jessie kind of changes her mind because the more she finds out about a young woman called Bridget Maloney who lived during the famine years and who lived on land now owned by Jessie's family, the more captivated she becomes and she becomes determined to find out what happened to Bridget, what became of her and what became of her young daughter, Nora. And uh, so gradually she gets drawn into this story. And I think it's fair to say that before she she even appreciates it herself, her view of the world and her view of herself is gradually changed by what she learns about what happened in the past in her area. Mm. And meanwhile in America, another woman, uh, Caitlin, is researching her ancestors who left Ireland for Boston in the 19th century. And... uh, even though the stories of, of all the women involved are separated, they are by uh, much time and distance, you you draw them brilliantly together, may I say. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it um, they do, as you say, they start off as three very separate stories, but, but gradually they are drawn together. And I suppose Caitlin is one of these people. Outwardly, she's 
a lot more organised, a lot more successful than Jessie. Certainly, you know, she, she's never made a fool of herself in public the way Jessie has. But at the same time, she she's kind of asking herself some questions about whether what she's doing is really what she wants to do with her life. And, and she's part of this big Irish-American family. And they're very fond of their Irishness. In fact, they're quite sentimental about it. But it occurs to Caitlin that actually they really don't know anything about where they came from and who was the person who originally got the boat. You know, how, how did they end up where they are? So so she decides to find out. Mm, and uh, the letter, the title, the letter home in the book is, is key as well. Don't talk about that. Let them buy it, Rachel, okay. and uh, find out what that's all about and its significance in the whole story. But to say that you said to me a few moments ago there that, you know, historical fiction is not your thing. And yet, look at the way it's been received. And I've been watching you in the bestsellers week on week. I get my papers every Saturday and I say, oh, she's there. She's, she's in there still. It's been a phenomenal success for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very fortunate. I'm delighted that it's actually number one this yes, week, which yes. was which was a really pleasant surprise. <laughs> like yeah. it, it was a genuine surprise, and and I'm very very grateful to people who who've gone out and bought it. I suppose the thing is, when you realise then that a lot of people have bought it, you start to worry. Oh God, I, ho- I hope they don't feel let down by this. <laughs> but I suppose that's a good worry to have. I, I won't I won't complain about that. But um, yeah, it it it's funny. Do you know the way it is sometimes? that maybe the thing that, that's most difficult is the thing that you should do. And, and I did find writing this book perhaps more difficult than writing some of the other books which which have been set in the present day, because it's not really my world. It's not really my realm. And I was also struck, to be honest with you, Jerry, when I was when I started writing it by how little I knew, really. I mean, I knew kind of the basic facts that we all learned at school, but Mm. what I hadn't appreciated, and I'm sure this is the same in every county in Ireland, that there is a lot of information now available, and and in many places quite readily available, about people's lives during that time, not about dates or meetings of politicians or or the stories of landlords or anything, but but there's quite a lot of information about ordinary people's lives, so-called ordinary people, because really these were extraordinary people who lived through extraordinary times. But, But there's a lot of information about how they lived those lives. And unfortunately, about how they were treated and about how they died. I mean, I was amazed to come across detailed records for evictions in West Clare in the late 1840s, which which is just, they're just astonishing when you look at them. Yeah, and evictions with nowhere to go and no money and mm. nothing, 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 uh, nothing to live or, or hope for or whatever. It, it, it's unbelievable. And you know what I've seen? I've seen people talking about your book and you see what you say there. It's actually now inspired people. I'd say you're going to see this more and more right across the country. Inspiring people to go and look this up, this information, and dig deeper. You, you've started something here, Rachel English. Oh, well, that, that's a lovely thought. Thank you. I mean, the crazy thing, you know, is I, I actually haven't done this myself. I, I wrote this story about two women in the present day who mm. were both trying to find out more about people in the past. And I, ha- I haven't done it myself. Mm. And, and I've really got to the stage now where I think I must find out more about my own family yeah. and about what their were their lives were like back then B- because you know at one point in the book one of the characters says you know that, that pretty much every field has a story every townland has a story every village has a story and and that really 
is true, you know, that, that those stories are still all around us. Mm. Did you feel sorry for Jessie yourself? I mean, I'm curious. This is a question that I'm going to ask her. Did you feel sorry for her? Well, now, she is the author of her own downfall, mm. to be fair. Now, having four vodkas before you go on live television is never a good idea, no. I'm sure. But um, yes, I did, because I think she is, despite all her kind of, despite her, her, her life being a bit of a train wreck, I think she, she's very well-meaning and she's very inquisitive. And I think she has a big heart. And um, and, and she gets to show some more of that as, as the book progresses. Because at the start, I can understand that people might find her a bit irritating and think, well, you know, whatever's coming to this one now, she deserves <laughs> it because it's her own fault. But I think as, it, as the story progresses, well, mm. I'd like to think anyway that, that we get to see more of, 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 of Jessie's good side because they're, 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 there's quite a bit of strength to her character as well. You've answered that really well because it is yin-yang. You could go one way or the other with her. But uh, look, I want to say to you before we finish, it's a terrific book. I'm delighted for you. Number one this week in the bestsellers, Rachel English, The Letter Home. And uh, it's been received, as I said, with warmth all round. Number six, number seven. Lucky seven, Rachel. On the way? <laughs> sure, we'll see. We'll see. Doing a bit of work. I know, I know, I know. No pressure. Anyway, let's uh, enjoy this and wallow in the success. Uh, you thoroughly deserve it for this one. Thank you oh, so much you so for much, joining Gary. me. It's been thank worth you. waiting for. Take care, Rachel. Sesame Street, does it bring back memories? It did to a lot of you today. You almost all got it right. So there you are, remembering Sesame Street on late lunch. Big Bird et al. And uh, today's prize, which is Rachel English's number one best-selling book, The Letter Home and something else besides, going out to Iranius Cully in Kildaki. Well done to you and thanks to everybody who joined in the fun today. Now, my soundtrack this week is from the movie Saturday Night Fever and I told you at the start of the week, it was a low-budget movie. It took uh, only three, only $3.5 million to make. But listen to this. It grossed $25.9 million in the first 24 days after its release. It was taking in $600,000 a day, January to March 77, going on to make $94 million in the States and Canada and $237 million worldwide. What an investment. Saturday Night Fever also received positive reviews and is regarded by many critics as one of the best films of 1977. On Rotten Tomatoes, the movie has an approval rating of 82% based on the star-making performance of John Travolta. And they say it's among the finest dramas of the 70s. There you go. So a lot going for my movie and its soundtrack this week. Now, today I finish off the songs on Late Lunch with this one. You see, uh, the, the soundtrack itself had quite a number of Bee Gees numbers on it, and one of them was this one. It won Album of the Year, Producer of the Year, Best Arrangement of the Year, and Best Vocal Performance of the Year at the Grammys. But this song didn't appear in the movie. Jack. 
Jab Talking from Saturday Night Fever on the soundtrack but didn't appear in the movie. There you go. Anyway, um, great movie, great songs and timeless. And I will bring you another soundtrack next week, either from a musical or a movie. I'll mull over that over the weekend. Final break of the day in the week on late lunch and afterwards, as is our want this time every Friday, we look ahead to the weekend in sport and joining us is our presenter of Sunday Sport, David Sheehan. Friday afternoon, late lunch, and at this time each week we look ahead to the weekend in sport with our Sunday Sports presenter, David Sheehan. He's waiting to talk to us. It's a special weekend because it's the big kick-off in the League of Ireland, or as I call it, the Dublin and District Northwest Counties League this year. David Sheehan, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm being a little facetious there, but when you look at the map, it really is a Dublin and a district and the three clubs grouped in the north-west. That's it this year in the Premier League? Yeah, I mean, the fact that Tala is the most southern ground in the in the Premier Division this year says it all. It's it's incredible, really. We've lost Waterford last season. Obviously, Cork haven't been in it for a while. Limerick or Treaty, as they're now known, haven't been in it for a while. Uh, Cove the same so yeah it's um, it's a little bit of a shame that it's so kind of centred in the in the Dublin and, and North West area but look that's just the way it goes and I'm sure we'll get back to a situation in a few years time where it's more evenly spread and the likes of Cork come back but yeah for now that's all we have But the important thing is that both Drogheda and Dundalk are in the Premier Division Unfortunately news reaching us in the last hour or so that the game in Ballybuffet tonight between Finn Harps and Drogheda United is off David Sheehan Will this be refixed do you think of... He- Will, let me say that again. Would this be or will this be refixed, David, ahead of Drogheda's first home game next week against Shelburne? I would doubt it, Jerry. It's hard to say, but we we had examples. In, we've had examples in previous seasons where games were, were postponed, and they they don't tend to fix refix games. Off the top of my head, now I'm sure it has happened, but I don't think they tend to fi- refix games. Uh, for the, the next day or two so I'd be surprised if they did but you never know they might decide to, to put it on on Sunday maybe for example but given that the fact that like you're looking at players that are part-time they might have had to take days off they might have made other arrangements it's it's going to be difficult so I suspect that that game will be will be pushed back towards you know later on in the season at some stage when I'm not quite sure but but yeah look it, it was it was in the mix this morning there was an inspection at 10am there was another one at half past one and they made the decision to not play the game Probably the right decision. Like the pitch, the pitch itself is one issue, but the travelling for Drogheda uh, going up there is, is another issue, and there for their supporters as well. So the last thing anyone would want is for supporters of the team or anyone like that to be involved in an accident on the way up to the game. So probably the right decision. It's a disappointment when I was a disappointing one. I was looking forward to going up myself, but um, probably the right call. But there is a big game in Oriel Park. New manager, lots of new players in, new regime at the club. Back to basics for them tonight. Derry City, big spending Derry City, who are expected to push Shamrock Rovers for the title, are the visitors. What a match at Oriel. Uh, it should be cracking, and you know the fans will be back tonight. The place will be rocking. A lot of familiar faces in that Derry side tonight. Michael Duffy, Patrick McElhenney, Cameron Dummigan, Will Patching, all signing for Derry in the off-season. Um, so, yeah, a lot of familiar faces in the Derry side tonight. But Dundalk made you know, some good signings, like a Sam Bone coming in. They've obviously brought back John Mountney. And Robbie Benson as well. They brought in a couple of guys from the UK, from uh, Brentford, Nathan Shepherd and Joe Adams. They brought in Dan Williams from Swansea on loan. So, you know, they brought in a lot of new faces, as, you know, every club in the division, probably with the exception of Shamrock Rovers have. But I think there's an awful lot of optimism around Dundalk. And I think the fans are realistic about what they can achieve this year. I saw Stephen Donald this week kind of playing down their their chances of, of, of you know, even getting a top four place. But I think they'll be, you know, quietly confident of maybe sneaking into that top four. Because outside of Rovers... And maybe Dundalk, outside Rovers and Derry and Pats, possibly that fourth place would look to be up for grabs for any team that can get a good run together and and put a good season in. So 
I think while the Dock fans will be realistic about what they can achieve, I think there's just so much optimism around the place. The new owners, as you said, Stephen O'Donnell back in, and I'd say they're really looking forward to tonight. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they take something from tonight's game. I'm not sure they'll get the win because Derry will be strong. But again, Derry with a, new, a lot of new players to bet in. Uh, I think maybe a, a one-all draw might be the outcome on that one. Let's move across the water to the Premier League and take it that Liverpool will beat Norwich. Man City should account for a hot and cold Tottenham Hotspur to the top two. But the game I'd like to talk about is a big one. Leeds against Manchester United. Leeds now desperate for points. Manchester United got a win at last. Can they kick on and get that fourth spot? Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one. As you said, the, the, the three top here, top teams should be getting wins against their there when Liverpool actually just incidentally Norwich haven't beaten Liverpool in the Premier League since 1994. Jeremy Goss scored the winner that that day, so that's a, a blast in the past in that one. But yeah, at Ellen Road Sunday two o'clock, that's going to be an absolutely huge atmosphere. And Manchester United like not they've done okay on their run, but they haven't really kicked on like people would have expected. You know, they've only they've won three of their last five games in the division, which is decent enough going, but they haven't really, as I said, kicked on. A lot of people thought Rangnick would come in and solve a lot of the problems. Leeds haven't been going great either but you know yourself Jerry that game is such a ferocious one I remember back to the early 90s when they were going head to head for the league title the Leeds won the last ever old first division in uh, 1992 and that was a titanic battle and they had a, a huge amount of uh, enmity for each other at that stage and that hasn't really gone away uh, so I think it's going to be a, a cracking atmosphere at Allen Road on, on Sunday and I, I'm going to give Leeds the vote on that one I think they might pull off a surprise there and uh, and get the win it's, it's going to be a huge game and I'm really looking forward to watching that one myself albeit I'll be in the studio but I'll be keeping an eye on it You will indeed be in studio presenting Sunday Sport and it's a big Sunday because the National Football League is back in both Louth and Meath in action and in need of points Meath at home to down how do you see this one going? Well, Jerry, look, we spoke a couple of weeks ago when Meath were playing Roscommon after that abject performance against Galway. Things didn't really go any better for them against Roscommon. The same things happened as happened against Galway. They were playing into a strong win in the first half and they just fell apart in the second quarter and ended up going in with, I think, with nine-point deficit or something like that, which they couldn't turn around. So it's hard to say, looking at that, what Meath learned from the Galway game when the same sort of things happened the second day. But up against down, Meath's down and awfully all pointless in that division at the moment. It's a home game. Uh, we said that the Roscommon game was was close to being a must-win. This is an absolutely must-win for me against Down at the weekend. It's unlikely the Down player Down will have the Kilku contingent uh, available to them after their heroics last weekend. So um, it's as simple as that. Jerry Mead have to win that game, and they have to do it by hook or by crook. If it's a if it's a five-four win or you know seven points to six win, whatever whatever way they do it, they absolutely have to win that game because if they're to lose to Down, then relegation is a real real prospect. And as we know this year, if you get relegated into Division Three and you don't make your provincial final, you're into the Talton Cup. So Mead Mead have to win that game. I think they will, but it's a massive game for them, and there's no two ways about it. They have to find a way to win that one. And Louth on the road again. Uh, they picked up a point last time round against Longford. But similarly for Louth, this game in Limerick is huge. They really have to take something from it. Ideally a win. Yeah, and it's not going to be easy. Limerick have won their two games so far. They beat Longford at home, who you mentioned there, uh, Louth through with uh, the last day. And they beat Antrim away as well. And like it's a cliche, but like Antrim, not, you're never the strongest team in, in the football side of things. But... It's always hard to go up there and get a win, you know. So Limerick did well to come away from from um, Belfast with a win there. So now they're going to be up against it here. I I'd have to say I think Limerick will probably get the win. It's hard to it's hard to put a huge amount of of, of money on Loud, um, because I know if it's chatting the column the last day after the Longford game and he wasn't hugely impressed by what he saw. I thought they were very defensive and very conservative. So 
you know, it's, it's hard for, for Louth to go down there and get the win. I'm afraid I'm going to have to give Limerick the nod in that one. You can find out what will happen on Sunday as the action unfolds with David Sheehan on Sunday Sport. David, until Friday next, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks, Sherry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie.